Hello, and welcome back to the Overcome Yourself podcast. I'm so excited to be here today with Tiffany. And Tiffany is, um, you're a hypnotherapist. Did I get that right? Yes. I am, yes. So I don't want to butcher it. I want you to tell me all about Tiffany and the hypnotherapy that you do to actually get women out of therapy and living their lives, right? Because that's that, uh, I love that. So tell me all about that, Tiffany. Okay. Well, so I'm a master clinical hypnotherapist and I'm a NLP practitioner and I also do cognitive behavioral therapy. And so my biggest goal, as you said, is you know, I think there's this stigma around living on a therapy couch and we just keep going every week, same time, same place. Well, all right. Thanks doc. We'll see you next week. But my goal is to get women off the couch and to get them living that life that they were really created to live. So, um, much, much beyond those cushions and those pillows. And so that's the work that I do with people in a really powerful and intense way. Cool. So like, how does that work with hypnotherapy? Can you kind of just walk me through the process? Cause that sounds a little woo woo. So talk to right? me about like the science of hip, like, let's just be honest here. So talk to me about yeah. the science of this. So everybody that is unfamiliar with hypnotherapy is always like, are you going to, you know, wave the little <laughs> watch in front of me? And am I going to cluck like a chicken on the, my way out? Right? <laughs> yeah. None of that. Um, although that is staged, like that's stage hypnotherapy and that's for entertainment purposes, but no, really what has to happen is we've got this conscious brain and then we've got a subconscious brain and our conscious brain tries to manage and control everything about our day-to-day -day life. Well, really our subconscious brain is the one that's really doing all the work. It's what stores all the memories. It's what's pumping all the blood, doing all of the things that we can't see. And that's where our belief system is stored is inside of our subconscious. And so when we try to make changes on a conscious level, like I'm going to get rid of all the sugar in the house. So look at that. All the sugar is gone. Well, that only lasts for so long because then conscious brain is like, but wait, I want sugar and dairy queen. I could just drive through and look how easy that was. So it is much harder to make changes on a conscious level than to do them on a subconscious level, but we have to get to that subconscious level to do that. And so hypnotherapy allows us to bypass the guard, which is that conscious brain, put them in the bleachers so they can just watch for a second and then get to the place where we really can make the changes. We can heal trauma. We can change some of those old beliefs that are not serving us or unresourceful and then implant or reinstall new things that would most allow us to get the thing that we want in our life. Um, and again, like, it's not as simple as 21 days to a habit, right? That's a conscious that's consciously doing that. And that's by sheer willpower and motivation, but we, we can do better. And that's where getting to that core level is so critical and so important. That is incredible. And one of the things that I talk about that I think kind of goes hand in hand with what you're talking about is, um, you know, cause I realized it took me a while, but I finally realized like this big overhaul thing, you know, um, that doesn't work for me. It might work for some people. Doesn't work for me. I figured out that it's all about implementing those little habits, you know, and that is that is that programming that's underneath right like when I think about you know I, I build websites and stuff and I'm doing SEO and those are like the operating rules so like there's rules right like with a theme you have certain rules so you want this to be pink so there's a rule so this shows pink you know and so we have these rules that we're operating from and sometimes 
we're not even aware that they're there, right? Because they're so deep down. Um, and we catch glimpses of that um, in things that we say, like in, in, you know, it comes out like in a moment and then boom, and then there's no filter, like you said, and then boom, it comes out and like, there's like this negativity, right? And so I realized that. And, and when I notice those things, you're like, where is this coming from? Like, <laughs> well, you know, and you've got to go explore, but having someone there to kind of help you calm down, because that's what it is, right? We put up these walls and we have these rules that we operate from to keep ourselves safe. And some of them are conscious, some of them are not. And having someone like you kind of guide us through, I mean, you don't actually go in there and pick anything apart, right? Like you're, you just talk us <laughs> kind of through, like navigating right. through a map, right? Um, so it's not really as scary. Like, you know, sometimes like you think, we think of the stage hypnotherapy, you know, but yeah. um, it's so much more real. It's so much more practical than that. You know, like we're, you know, there's no reason to cluck like a chicken, right? <laughs> no. Um, well, and I think one of the things about it too, that people don't understand is, well, a couple of things. Number one is you have to really trust your practitioner. And so I always do, I, it's like a job interview, right? I want someone to interview me just as much as I'm interviewing them as a client to make sure that I'm the right fit to support you. Because if you don't see yourself trusting me to take you where you want to go, then it's not going to work. Your brain is not going to allow you to get to that right. deeper level because you don't trust me. So that's really important. But the other thing is to know that I'm not after anything you're not after. So if you say that you want to quit sugar, but there's still this underlying reason why you eat sugar, then it doesn't matter the work that we do in hypnotherapy or in any kind of a session that we do together, cognitive behavioral or whatever, it's not going to get you that result because really you're still hanging on to it. And so I'm only after what you want. And I'm here to advocate for that for you. Um, and that's been something that's been really powerful about the work that I do is, as I've learned, I started out really wanting change for people. Like, oh, I was super invested in their growth and their healing. And yes. I just loved it. But then when it came to, oh, I was wanting it more than they were wanting it. I realized very quickly, this isn't going to work. Like they have to match the level of effort, which means that you know, when we get done with a session and, you know, I'm doing a stop smoking with somebody or a stop sugar, for example. And as soon as you leave, you go pick up a cigarette to say, well, that didn't look, I'm going to prove her wrong. That didn't work. I mean, that's not really helping you get what you want. Right. And that's the kind of clients I want to work with is those who are all in that have been where they've been and they're done with that kind of life to be able to then navigate into new spaces. And it can look like a lot of different things. Some, for some people we use, um, you know, we do cognitive behavioral for anxiety or for depression. Some of my clients have great lives. They're just not happy. They don't know why they're not happy. They just are kind of stuck in the trenches of everyday life. And so it's about discovering who they are and how to wake that passion and that creativity inside of them again. So they can get off the couch and go do those things. It's not that life is terrible. It's just, they're stuck in the monotony of things. Yes. Oh, and that's like, that sucks. <laughs> yes. It, yes does. it does. Yeah. And yeah. then you mentioned that you had to go undergo like a transformation 
to get to where you are. And I think, you know, that mirrors me too. Um, I had to look at where I was and where I wanted to be. And there was like this big transformation and there was, um, you know, patterns that had to be broken, right? Mm -hmm. And there was habits that you don't even realize are there. And then, you know, and then I was talking about this, um, you know, as you're leveling up, as entrepreneurs, right, we're leveling up every time we're, we get to a new income level, every time we get to a new leadership level, when we hire people, when we implement, and 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 there's going to be new, new things that come up, right? So there might be a trauma that is so deep down inside that you didn't even know. <laughs> and you didn't yeah. unlock it because, until you did all this other work. And then you get here. And it's like this whole new level, right? Because like now we're not talking, you know, now you can you know, you make big mistakes, you know, because when you're making 50 grand a year and you make a mistake, okay, but when you're making 5 million a year, you know, and then something comes up, you can't afford to make the same mistakes, right? And so I think, you know, so in that, in that transformation, do you see um, like an evolution with your clients as like, as they unlock new levels and, and they grow and, um, you know, this rebirth, right? It's kind of like a, a rebirth every time we kind of go through this and we face that challenge and then we overcome it. But now there's like yeah. a whole new playing field. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I call them um, higher level quality, higher quality problems. That's what they are, higher quality problems. So, you know, when I have a client who's really up-leveled and she's moved past that $50,000 mark to now she's, you know, at the $100,000 year mark, um, and the washer goes out and the tires are flat on the car and all of these things. I'm like, well, this is beautiful. These are higher quality problems because you know how to make money. You can go out and make the money again, where sitting at 50,000 or less, it's like, oh my gosh, like I've got a white knuckle. I've got to hustle. I've got to do. So it's not that the problem itself changes. It's that our vantage point over those problems change and we get better and clearer depending on where we are in that. I love what you said a second ago about rules because this weekend I have a teen daughter and she's 14 and everything is drama right now. It's Welcome everything. Is drama, right? <laughs> so she was talking about, um, we, we just moved to where we live now and we've only been here about four months. And she was talking about one of our friends and how her friend always does this and keeps doing this and how this same thing happens. And I said, this sounds like something that happened before. Like, this sounds like something you were doing, like that you, your friendship was before. And she said, well, that's because all my friends always do this and everyone always treats me. And I was like, wait a minute, you've got some very interesting rules running right now that tell me that you are just taking what happened with one person and moving it into another relationship. And that's a really important thing to think about. Like, do we take rules that we've attached to one person or one situation or one circumstance? And now it's true for everything in our life. And for most people, the answer is yes, we do do that because our brain tells us, look, people I love hurt me. Look, some things that I want in my life just won't ever work out. And so we move on about our life and we take that rule system. And now it's mm -hmm. absolutely applicable to everything that we're doing. And this is me being able to get her to a place where I could say, that was your rule system for this friend. How do you really want things to be with this new friend? She's totally different. She's a totally different personality in a totally different state. Do you really want to bring this with you? 
And it's that perspective or that vantage point of, look, I don't have to have those rules anymore. I can leave that with that person. I can let that go and I can come over and be in a totally different space. I think that's that transformation. That's where really powerful things start to happen when we can separate out circumstances from other circumstances in our lives and just be present. Yeah. And notice when we're using that kind of language, all, nothing, others. Yeah. Like those are the, All those are the clues. Those are the clues that I'm talking about. The things that slip out and we're like, wait a second, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> not everybody, you know, and then, and then one of the things I like to do is break the rule. Okay. Let me find an example where that's not true. You see, that's not true. And right? so now we yes. can find, you know, we have to disprove, like you have this rule. Hey, that's not true. This is not true because look, this happened before. And so like, okay, that rule is not true. And then it kind of opens up your perspective. That's a big deal. I love that. Yeah. Um, Well, our brain wants us to be right. That's our brain's job is no matter what, we must be right at all times. So it's going to do whatever it takes to prove that we're right. Even when we're really wrong. Like that's why we have fights with people because we are so sure that we are right. That our brain is like, I will fight this to the death to prove to you how right I am when we're not. So Again, it's separating out that what's true and what's not. Yes. And so talk to me about your mission, uh, Reclaiming Light. Um, That's kind of what we've been talking about, but empowering women to move through their darkness and find the light inside of them. So I talk about, you know, like getting through the mud. You've got to get through the mud. You can't make a camp there, right? And so that's kind of what you talk about, right? Is you got to go through the darkness. Like there's... Um, like in, like in, um, um, finding Nemo, right. They had to, you know, they had to decide, you know, which is the path, you know, do you go through the cavern or over the cavern and either way it was going to be like scary and something bad was going to happen. So talk to me about getting through that cavern, getting through those jellyfish and (laughs) coming out to the other side, you know, empowered. So it's the only way to the other side is through it. As you mentioned, like there's no shortcuts. Things, terrible things have happened to people and you can stuff them inside and pretend like they didn't happen and do the best you can to live your best life, but they're always going to be there inside. And so some of the work that we do is being able to name those hurts, name those pains and associate the feelings with them. A lot of women, it's, I just have grief. I just have grief, right? Whatever. I lost somebody. So there's grief. Well, grief is so much more wrapped up into this package of grief is anger and sadness and guilt and shame and rejection and isolation. Right. But we just say, Oh, she's grieving. Oh, they're suffering from grief. No, let's really unpack this thing and figure out what is hanging on because maybe unforgiveness has dropped off and maybe there is no shame, but maybe there is a lot of anger still in there. And so It's very, very important to open it up, just like the onion, peel it all back to see what are you actually dealing with? Because what you think you may be dealing with isn't even it at all. And you're processing things that you don't even need to be processing anymore, but you're you're missing the most important elements. And so some of that is, you know, what we do. My main program is a group program that is six months long and it's called Stand in the Light. And it's all about teaching women how to stand in the light rather than this darkness with which they've been living in. Um, and one of the things that they have to do is a really intense two week healing process where we bring up all of that dark, yucky stuff 
to be able to make some decisions about, okay, what do I really want to keep? Which spoiler alert, nobody wants to keep any of it at the end. Like, it's just, some people are like, oh, but this is my story. This is who I am. This is like, who would I be if I didn't have all this? Well, guess what? You're incredible without the pain part of it. You can still tell the story, but now let's tell the story of how you got through it. And so it's bringing it all up and naming it all and identifying it so that then they can go, yeah, no, shame is not for me anymore. Nope. I'm putting down the bag of guilt or the gap, the bag of um, heartbreak, and then being able to move forward on their journey. So that's a big part of what we do is that recognition and being able to identify what's even inside in the first place. It's like a spring cleaning, like you oh, so, your brain, your heart. Yeah, your- I had a client call it an emotional enema one time and I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot put that on my marketing materials. People would just die. Like, yeah, sign me up. That sounds like a good time. <laughs> hey, have so. you tested it though? Because you never know. <laughs> Because, you know, you might get the idea through and people might be like, you know what, that's exactly what I need. And right. so you never know. I would okay, totally we'll do test some, that. We'll do some testing, see what people say. Yeah, but you I, know what, I it, might be, it might be shocking enough to get them to stop scrolling. So that might be a million dollar idea. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll, nice. we'll give that a try. Right. <laughs> Um, now you did mention to me that you have a free resource available, um, for our listeners. So can you tell me a little bit about that and how we can get it? Yes. Oh my gosh. I adore this. Um, so we created a journal and it's this beautiful, like, I don't know, 30 page journal. And, um, we did it for our clients and then it was just so well done and like, purposeful that I felt like I'm just going to give this to everybody. So it's a kind of an end of the year journal and then lead into next year. So it gives you the ability. Oh my gosh, guess what? I have it right here. Um, it gives you the ability to reflect on where you've been. What were you most thankful for? What did you do for yourself? How'd you take care of yourself? Just that place of, you know, kind of some introspection about what this year looks like for you. But then it moves you into the next year. Where do you really want to be? Where do you want to create? What are your relationship goals, your financial goals? And then I always do um, a word of the year. And so I teach my clients to not set New Year's resolutions, but to choose a word of the year. What word would you most like to encompass? Yeah, so it helps you go through and pick your word of the year. So I want to give this to you and to your listeners so that you guys can kind of do this alongside of us. And then I've got a special gift at the end for anybody who's like, you know what, Tiffany might be my person. I want to chat with her. So there's a way to get a hold of me and further the conversation. So you can grab that at reclaiminglightgift.com. So just like it sounds reclaiminglightgift.com and go snag it. And then let's, let's talk after you get it and see where your, where your journey is after that. And I want to mention something here. It does, that does not have to be just for the end of the year. Right. Um, cause I oh, actually no. do this for me, a year is too long. Like my attention, like it's just too long. So I do that every quarter, um, okay. so every three months. So I would love to get a peek at that and I will download mm-hmm. it and then I can just do it every quarter because it's just easier for me to manage my goals 
you know, in a three month period, like it's right there, like, you know, got to finish. Okay. So wait, I want to give you some, I'm going to give you some feedback here because what if you tried choosing one word that you wanted to encompass for the year, but then you looked at what are four sub words that would most help me get to this big word. So for example, my word for 2021 was expand. And expand, I mean, that can mean a lot of different things. Yeah. <laughs> but as I looked at my different quarters and I actually went and did months, like, okay, so for the month of January, what do I most want to do? And so I made a list of 12 words that I wanted to create throughout the year that would allow me to expand. And so doing this journal really helped me to clarify and like be intentional about creating for that quarter or that month, but still achieving the big picture of what I wanted for the year. So I think it's very powerful. I love that you do that because that's dissecting the word down. That's really taking a bigger goal and chunking it out so you can actually achieve it. uh, Well, I hadn't, I hadn't done the word of the year. So I love that. Um, I want to add that and add that into my, but I was just thinking, you know, and at the end of the day, it does, tie into the whole year goal so I do have like you know a big goal but then looking at that can be really like you know like when when we did our science projects in school you know the one with the the three panel one and like that would take the whole year and you know you can't really do that in a weekend like you really do have to sit down except for those kids who try to do it in a weekend and their parents are like are you I'm the gifted (laughs) I'm the recovering gifted kid that was doing it in a weekend yes Um, you know, I was a kid that like, I would get in trouble because I didn't do my homework, but I would still get A's on tests. And my teachers would just get really frustrated with me. Be like, we just need her to do. And so like, I would get C's on my report card, but it wasn't because I didn't know what was going on. It was because I just didn't do my homework. And so I get a bad grade, you know, but like my teachers be like, she knows what it is, but she doesn't know. Cause you know, but, um, cause I had trouble with that process. Um, and so learning to implement this, this helps keep me on track. Um, yeah. It gives me like something, you know, because when we're entrepreneurs and we're doing this by ourselves, you know, you don't have someone checking in with you and like, you know, these are the goals. Oh my God, we have to do no, like that's you, <laughs> you know? And yeah. so the first year it was kind of like, I was all over the place. And then, you know, you realize, Hey, these are staff meetings. Like these are quarterly meetings that I have with myself. And then what yep. did I get done? You know, what's the, and then another big thing that as a coach, I'm sure you talk to this about your client, talk to your clients about this. Um, what about the reward? Um, I had to learn to reward myself again. Um, And that was a big thing and building confidence with myself because I would like, uh, I would say, okay, I'm going to do this goal. And then I'm, this is the prize for a comp and I would accomplish the goal and then talk myself out of the prize. And so now I stopped trusting myself from accomplishing goals because you're not going to do it anyway. And so a big deal for me was, um, you know, uh, setting something like a, a, a prize. <laughs> um, so, and then actually doing it for like, I submitted my book and I haven't gone to get my hair done. And um, so that was one of my, my, my prizes. Yeah, I, I love that. Call and go, you know, do my hair appointment. Um, but then I earned my things, you know, I earned things right. for myself and, and, you know, accomplishing stuff. So I love it. I love your whole mission. I love what you've got going on. How else can we get in touch with you? Um, do you have like a Facebook? Did you put it here? You've got your email. 
Yeah, you do have a Facebook link on here. You do. We have a group. Yep. So you can jump into our group. It's called the gathering place on Facebook and, um, you can find it from our page, reclaiming light page, or just type in, um, the groups and you'll see the gathering place will pop up there, but yeah, it's a, that's a fun space to be. I do a live show every week called breakfast at Tiffany's and I give free content and teach different tools and we're getting ready to do, um, a a big event, the beginning of December called rise of the queen. And it's free. It's three days. It's like a virtual retreat. And we invite everybody to just jump into that and really step into the queen them. Um, so oh, there's always something to plug into if people, if women are really looking for a next level. I love, I was going to ask you the rise of the queen. I was like, what is that about? That sounds amazing. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so, so fun. Yeah. That's coming up. So first weekend in December, it's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday for 90 minutes each day. And it's live. So you just jump onto zoom with me and, um, so fun. It's, it's just a beautiful event. Yay. Um, okay. So any last minute tips, any takeaways that you want to leave the listeners with now before we sign off? I mean, I just really always want to make sure that people understand the importance of self-care and not self-care in terms of like, you know, go and take a bath and, you know, not that. I think that those things are really simplified, but self-care in terms of like, put your own oxygen mask on before you help someone else put their oxygen mask on. And when we teach this, it's better to give than receive. We're missing the part where, Hey, what about me at the end of the day, if I've got nothing left to give, then I have no capacity to receive ever. And so I just really encourage women to, to tune in, like really do some, some reflection on, have I taken care of myself today? Or have I been so busy being such a great mom, teacher, wife, friend, daughter, sister that I missed taking care of me? Because if I don't take care of me, I'm not valuable to anybody else. So that's always just one thing that I like to leave people with is what have you done for you today to really show you that you love you and, and, and really be honest about that. And you know what part of being giving is learning to receive well, you know, and, and, and being open and not saying, Oh, that's too much. Like, um, I, I just read the alchemist as a matter of fact, and that's one of the things that he talks about and they, he gave him gold and he's like, no, this is too much. He's like, don't say that again, because the universe might hear it and they won't give you as much next time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so don't, you know, we can't not receive. That was a big lesson for me too, that I used to be like, no, no, no. And now I'm like, if someone gives thank you, that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Um, and we yeah. become good receivers and that makes us better givers, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, that. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. love that. Oh, yeah. thank you so much, Tiffany. This has been absolutely wonderful. Um, oh, I so will, oh, thank you. Um, we will be including the links down below in the show notes. So everything that we've mentioned, um, so you can sign up and, um, and I guess we will see each other on social media. Yay. Sounds good. Thank you. Um, all right. Until next time, guys, thanks so much for tuning in.